Right, good morning, Real Life Church. If we have not formally met yet, my name is Melanie. Uh, I'm one of the leaders here in Real Life Church. I'm married to Stuart, so we're the founding couple. We came here to start this church with uh, Levi and then Hadasha while we were here. I um, look after the young, so my job here is to look after children and young people. I do that with a team of amazing people, so we have youth leaders and kids team leaders. Um, I also look after what we do in the community, so the event side of stuff and, and how we get our kind of name out there. So I'm kept busy with two small children and cracking on with those things. And every so often, I'm allowed to preach, which is a great privilege and a pleasure, to be honest. So this morning looks a little bit different because we wanted to have a little bit of space this morning to tell some stories of all that God has been doing in our lives. So I intend to speak a little bit and have some stories uh, interspersed uh, within that. And we will finish bang on 12 today because a group of us are due up at the Sutton Games to start the obstacle course at 12. So at 12 o'clock you will literally see a group of us just vanish uh, into thin air or run or whatever it is. So um, I hope that's okay. If you're visiting today, this is a little different to what we normally look like. Uh, So normally we'd have a chunk of worship at the end. Um, and th- this will look a little bit different. So I would advise you come again next week, see us a little bit differently, and then see us the way we usually are, and then decide, all right, on whether you like us and whether you want to stay. You're very welcome if you're visiting. I want to talk this morning about the greatest story ever told. And I, I know you know what the greatest story ever told was, but I want to talk to us about it. I want to stir us and inspire us to get in to the greatest story ever told, but I also want to stir us and inspire us to be telling our stories, to be allowing God to write stories in our lives. So our God is a storytelling God. I don't know whether you even know that or connect that up. He's a storytelling God, and he just loves to tell stories. The way that he has revealed himself to us is in a book, in a story. The way that Jesus taught was in multiple stories. The culture that the book was written into was an oral culture where everybody told stories all the time, passing down from one generation to the next. Stories, stories of what God had done, stories of great successes and epic fails. And so it should be of no surprise to us as people that we love stories too. It should be of no surprise to us that we reflect something of the heart of God in what we're like. So it should be of no surprise to us that we love to watch movies. We love to read books. We love to read the newspaper. We love adverts that tell a story. You know the kind of adverts, like the kind of Bisto adverts that tell a story of a family sitting around a table and all the different characters, and we watch it and go, I like that, I want that. The kind of adverts that have fancy cars and great big houses, and we look at it and go, ooh, I would like that. We love stories. It's one of the reasons Facebook works, Twitter works. It's because we love news. We love to be involved in people's lives. It's one of the reasons that 
Millions and millions of books are sold every day around the world. It's one of the reasons that we like blogs, because we just love stories. We love to watch stories, listen to stories. We love to tell stories. We love to look at stories. Our kids love it. We love stories. We are a storytelling people. And the best stories, as far as I'm concerned, are the stories that are true and the stories that God tells through our lives. Sometimes I hear stories that literally give me goosebumps, make my hair stand on end as I listen to the marvelous things that God does, not just through success and amazing things, but through failure and hardship, listening to how involved God is, what he has been doing. His big story is a story that I do believe we should all be involved in. This book is an amazing story. I don't even think it's like something I have to read every day. I think it's a privilege that I get to read the Word of God and search it, the stuff that he has put in for me for a particular day. It is a privilege that some people just do not get access to, to have this book, to read this book In some countries, they're relying on a page or relying on someone having learnt it off by heart and retelling it to them. It is a privilege and a pleasure to be allowed to get into this story. And I sometimes feel like that's how we should approach it, opening it up, understanding this is a privilege and a pleasure to be allowed into the pages of this great story. So I'm going to quickly tell you the story of this whole book. I'm going to do it in three minutes. I've practiced it multiple times and I've come in under time. And I'm going to tell you the story of this great book. And then I'm going to tell you how your stories can tack on to the end of this great story so that God can keep telling the stories of his people and all that he's done. So if you start at the beginning in Genesis 1.1, it says this, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth and everything in it in just six days. God made Adam and God made Eve and he made them to be in relationship with them. The first man and the first woman gave in to temptation and that's where it all went wrong. They ate the fruit from the forbidden tree and then sin entered the world and everything was upset. Things got so bad God ended up flooding the earth and starting again with a family, Noah and his family. Years later, God calls Abraham and he says to him, you're to be a father of the nations. Abraham and Sarah have a son, they call him Isaac, and Isaac has a son called Jacob, and Jacob has 12 sons. Joseph is his favorite son. He, puts, he is put in second of command of Egypt and God uses him to save his family and save Egypt from starvation. Hundreds of years later, the Israelites are in slavery again and Moses is called up. And he gets to lead God's people out of slavery. Then Joshua takes over and he leads the people into the promised land Then judges are given as temporary military leaders. So you'll hear of people like Deborah, Gideon, Samson. But the people tire of this kind of leadership and they say to God, we want a king. So God says, okay, have a king. He gives them 
Saul, David, Solomon, many others. And if you read those stories, it goes from bad to worse. The people rebel against God and God's kingdom is divided. Everyone turns their back on God. The prophets are warning all the way through the prophetic books that God's judgment is coming and you should repent and you should turn yourself back to God. So we've got Elijah, Isaiah, Joel, Micah, just to count a few. They're all calling for repentance. The divided kingdoms are conquered and God's people are captive in foreign land. And then people like Daniel stand up and they stand up for God and they stand up for everything that he's about. Some of the exiled people return back to the land, but God is silent. In the silence, there are no prophets, no miracles, no angels, nothing for 400 years. And the silence is broken by a baby. His name is Jesus. He lives a perfect life, teaches truth, performs miracles. But he is God in man. He is God come to earth as man. He is God's one and only son. He shows the greatness of God's love for us when he dies on a cross in our place for all our sin. He's buried in the tomb and then three days later he is raised to life. His followers then travel the world telling the good news all about Jesus and they start churches everywhere. We are now part of this story. We are now part of the greatest story ever told. Three minutes, I reckon. Three minutes to tell a story that is pages and pages and pages long. Three minutes to tell a story that you can sit down with one line of it and just go over and over and over again. This is the greatest story ever told. And we, in our lifetime, get to be a part of it. We get to find ourselves in it. We get to tell stories through it. We get the privilege of passing on this story that alters people's lives forever. Within this story, God has so many stories he longs to tell. Stories of epic successes and epic fails, stories of great healings and great miracles, stories of suffering and stories of pain. So even this week, I know most of you know this, that there was a family that lost a little girl this week and they didn't lose her, lose her, she died. And she died in a terrible road traffic accident. She died in the unthinkable really, just walking home from nursery school. And she no longer has a future. She no longer gets to go to school, gets to do. Even in those stories, God has stories to tell. I firmly believe sometimes in our worst and darkest moments, God has some of the most incredible stories to tell. I wanted us, I said to you, I wanted us to pray as a local church for that family who have suffered a loss that as a parent you never want to experience. And if you're sitting here today and you have experienced that kind of loss, we are, you have all of our sympathy. We are so sad for you, so sorry for you. But I know a God who feels that pain more than I ever could or ever would. 
I know a story that is being played out on the earth. And even in your disaster and in your pain, God is still good and still at work. So I'd like to pause really quickly and pray for this family. I know as a local church, God would have us act. And there are many ways we will act. Some of them will be flowers and meals and help like that. And some of it will be that we will pray because it is the best thing we can do for them we can take them to God. So I will mention no names because I don't think it's appropriate, but I will pray for the family that lost a child this week, okay? So if you do know their names or know of them, you are welcome to mutter them as I'm praying. Uh, But I'd like us to do that right now, if that's okay. So Lord Jesus, we... We hate that there is pain and suffering. We hate that this family has to go through this. We hate that a little girl lost a chance of going to school, of a future, of having a job, of learning to drive. We hate that. But we know that you are over all things. We know that you have hold of the earth and everything in it. We know that even in suffering, you act, you move. We don't understand why. We don't understand why that had to happen. But we do know you. And so we pray for your comfort, your care, your compassion to be on that family, your mercy, your voice to be heard among them. We do pray that they would meet you, know you, cling on to you. I know no better place to go than you, Lord Jesus. We do pray that you help us as a local church act in a way that is fitting of your name. We do pray that in some way, shape or form we would bring comfort. And we pray that your story would just keep being written out over and over again. We pray that somehow in this family you will work. We pray for safety on our own kids. We pray, well, I just love that you watch over them. I hate that we live in a world that's broken and we have to trust so many things. But I love that you are everywhere and in all things. So we pray for our kids who are a priority, a gift and a blessing to us. I pray that they would live long, that they would drive cars, get married, take jobs, that they would outlive parents. We pray that all in Jesus' dear name. Amen. Amen. We will respond, obviously, because part of our story as a church is that we would meet the needs of the community, part of our role and responsibility, so we will respond. See, God has for us stories that contain tears and stories that contain laughter. He's in all of it. He's in the pain and he's in the miracles. He's in everything. He has lives that are not yet here, but are one day going to be sitting here saved because they met Jesus, saved because they went on an alpha course, saved because you entered into a conversation with them, saved because an almighty God loves to use our stories, loves to use our witness. There will be churches planted out of this place. I I literally, I know that in my very being. I know that we will start other churches. Partly because as the people of God, that's what we're to do. 
And also because God has specifically said that is what we will do. So some of you sitting there will lead churches. Some of you sitting there will go on church plants. Some of you young people, you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm going to pass my GCSEs, might go to college, might not, might do a job, whatever. Actually, God has way bigger for you. God had plans that you know nothing about yet. And he's training you up, getting you ready so that he can go, go, and you've got all the skills and you're ready. And you can just put one foot in front of the other. Some of you are earning money that God is saying, that's for a story I want to tell. Put it to one side because I'm going to tell such a story through it. Some of you are in workplaces where God is just saying, just keep doing your job well. Keep pressing in because I've got stories to tell in that place. We'll have stories in schools. We already have stories in schools of what our young people are doing and inviting people into. There will be so many stories to tell through this bunch of people if we listen to God and do the things he asks of us. In our lives, there will be so many stories to tell. And I want us not to just be a people that tell all the fun, happy, isn't God amazing stories. I want us to be a people that are richer than that, deeper than that. I want us to be able to crawl forward, weeping and saying, in my hardship, I know that he is good. I know that he provides. I know he's my rock. I know that even when I struggle, he's there. I don't look around going, where's God? I know him in my darkness. I know him in my toughest moments. I know him. So I'm hoping for so many stories in this place of miracles and healings and stories of good old-fashioned. I put one foot in front of the other and kept going because I knew God had asked me to. Some of you, even as parents, some days you just think, man... How has my life become so monotonous? One foot in front of the other because I tell you the stories God will tell through your obedience, through your sacrifice will be amazing. Some of the kids we'll raise here will go on to do incredible things. Some of you will go on to do incredible things, but right now change the nappies, get the shopping, clean the house. In all of it, God is training us. God is telling stories in all of it. He's at work. So I want to help us with a few practical points. So if you've got a pen and a piece of paper and you want to jot some things down, that's fine. If not, log it up here. If you want to get your phone out, I will believe that you are not on Facebook, but instead you are making copious notes about what to do. I would say first with storytelling, get yourself in the story If you are not reading your Bible, pick your Bible up and smack yourself on the head. (laughs) Remind yourself, this book is literally words of life. It's not a dry, dusty, boring book. If people say that, I think, well, you've not read the book with the writer. You've not read the book with God. This is not a dry, boring book. This is alive and has the power to transform lives. If you are stuck and you don't know what to do, pick up a gospel. I I would go for John or Mark. I would just say, pick one of them up. Ask yourself the question, what is Jesus like? Read it and make loads of notes on what he's like. If you're stuck and you need a kickstart, a gospel is a brilliant place to go. Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, you'll find them about halfway through the book. 
If you are tired of those books, again, pick the book up, smack yourself in the head. You should never grow tired of the Gospels, never grow tired of what Jesus has to say to you. But if you are tired of it, maybe try something a little bit out there like Revelation or really honest and in the trenches, the Psalms or Finnish Proverbs. It's a great book with loads of practical wisdom and practical help for your life. This book is excellent. Get yourself in it. Find yourself in it. Find him in it. Find out your point and your purpose in it. Just find yourself in it. If you are not a Christian and you're thinking to yourself, I haven't even ever read the Bible. I don't even own one. We would happily buy you a Bible if you don't own a Bible and you're not a Christian. So talk to us. We will sort that out straight away. We've got Amazon Prime. It will be at your house the day after tomorrow. We will get a Bible to you. Open up a gospel. Ask the question, where is God? Pray a really quick prayer and pray, God, if you're out there, I dare you to show yourself to me. And then read a gospel and see if you can find God in it. Understand the big story. So the big story of the Bible, understand it. Understand the overarching storylines, the main characters, the key players. There's a brilliant video on YouTube called The Greatest Story Ever Told. I watched it, absorbed it, and then wrote out the story for us this morning. You can watch that multiple times. It is three minutes long, and it tells the whole story of the Bible. It is brilliant. So you can watch it over and over again and really absorb the story, key players, places, names, so that when we're talking about it, you're not thinking, what is going on there? Understand the big story. It's really helpful. Get in the habit of telling stories and work on it. So just when you're out and about, about your family, about your workplace, anything, just get in the habit of telling stories. I would say use Facebook for that reason. I I am not a believer that we should scrap Facebook, Twitter, and all of that jazz. I think we live in a time where all of that stuff exists. What I do think we should do as believers is redeem it and make the most of it. So I think it can be used for a much higher purpose. So some of our posts that we put out there go out to hundreds of people. I think we forget that sometimes when we write some of our comments, if I'm honest. And I would want to remind you as Christians, when you write on social media, it's public. So only say what you would be prepared to stand up and say out on the streets, in the playground, because that's where it's going. It's going everywhere. So as Christians, I would take a deep breath, pause, and ask yourself, would I stand up in my workplace, the playground, and just shout this out? If the answer is yes, go for it. Get it out there. And I would say use it well. Look at ways that you can communicate what God's doing in your life, what the Bible's saying to you, fun stuff, things that you think, I could just get this out there, and I could make use of social media in ways that would transform the world, not drag it down. So that would be my, I I would make use of it, I do make use of it. I think we're way past the point of saying, let's scrap it. (laughs) It's already in motion, what we have to decide is how will we make use of it. 
Get in the habit of listening to other people's stories. What I mean by this is giving eye contact, listening to their story, and then giving feedback on it, saying, I like that story, that was a good story. I think when we honor stories, God gives us stories. Sometimes, because I am an interrupter, because I process out loud, it is one of my worst habits. It's terrible. Because I process out loud and I think very quickly, whenever people are telling stories or saying things, I have about 10 questions I want to ask that I literally sometimes have to, like, tell myself, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Just shocking external processor and interrupter. And I have to work hard to listen to people's stories and honour their stories and make sure they know that I've heard them and I'm not just waiting for a gap so that I can tell my own story. So I can say, oh, I've got a story that's better than that or goes with that or blah, blah, and and I'm jumping in. I have to really discipline myself. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to discipline yourself to listen or maybe you need to discipline yourself to speak up. Either way, listen to people's story and give them value. So a person in your workplace shares a story, listen to it, give it value. Because next time you want to share a story with them, they will remember that you treasured their story, you listened to their story, you prayed into their story, you gave them feedback on their story. So be one who listens and shares stories. Practice your life-changing story. So many of you in here have a story where God has transformed your life, practice it. The reason I say practice it is because the time that people ask you to tell it is never prepared. They never text you and say, in an hour's time at work, I'm going to ask you how it is you're a Christian and yet you're such a nice person. You're so ordinary and I thought Christians were weird. They're never going to text you and ask you that. You're going to be at the coffee machine, you're going to be on break and they're going to say, I didn't know you went to church. What's that about? And you then have a moment. What I know with most people is because you're not prepared, you freeze. You go, oh, I'll just, I'll just go to church. And then you get home and beat yourself up all night. Because you're like, man, I just got given an opportunity and I blew it. Practice your story so that when someone asks the question, you can roll it out. So I would say write out your long story. So the long story of how you met Jesus, write it out in full. It would probably be a good page, maybe two pages long of type. Then get it down to a three-minute story and a one-minute story. I told the story of the whole Bible in three minutes. Got to be honest, you can tell the story of how you met Jesus in three. You can also tell it in one. So I met Jesus when I was 20, and I had very little knowledge of him. But through church and through reading of the Bible, I encountered Jesus I knew that he died on a cross for me. I knew that he'd forgiven all my sins. And because I had sinned a lot, that was very appealing to me. And so I gave my life to Jesus. And he literally transformed my life. I have never been the same again. Everything about me has changed. And the good stuff about me has just been enhanced. I love knowing that I'm going to be in heaven when I die. I love knowing that on the earth, my life matters and has a point. I love that. So practice your big story. Practice your little story. Practice the one that you can just roll out and say, someone said to me at Sutton Games, "Uh, so what church is this? I said, oh, we're real life church. He said, what's your church like? 
I said, oh, well, we love Jesus, we love the Bible, and we love our community. We're like, wow, that sounds good. Just practice little things that you can just say to people that are obviously true, but a bit of practice. Have stories to tell because you attempt stuff with God. I do sometimes hear people who say they've got no stories, and I think, probably because you're not listening to God and doing the things he asks you to do. As a Christian, you should have stories every day, even if they're mundane and boring. Even if they are, today I read my Bible, and I felt a line jumped out at me. God spoke to me today. Even if it's that, it's a story to tell. As Christians, we should have loads of them because we are listening and attempting things with God. I, I literally, most days I have been a Christian, have said to God, today I would like to listen to you and do the things that you've asked me to do. And so some days there are just really mundane things, some days there are really exciting things. Some days I get to share my story, some days I get to share what my church is like. I get, I get to do all sorts of things Some days I get to be a mummy, a wife, a decent friend. Some days God speaks to me and says, write a card, send a text. I don't mean a booming voice from heaven, I just mean inside of me. This kind of check where I think, I should send them a card, I should send a text. I've learned to go with those things because they unlock stuff. They're powerful in people's lives. So if God says to me, cook someone a meal, make someone a card, if I just feel prompted, I've learned to just go with it. Because you then, out the back of that, end up with powerful stories where other people's lives have been affected, or they get to tell a story where they're like, I was having a terrible week and this turned up, and it reminded me that God knows me, He sees me. That's it. For you, you think, I just did, I just wrote a card, I just sent a text, I just did whatever. For someone else, that's a story where God just broke in and touched them. Learn to listen to God and attempt to do the things that he asks you. I would go with any prompt you get as long as it's not illegal. (laughs) Want to say that right up front? As long as it's not illegal. Go with the little prompts where you think, I I just feel like I should do that. I think we miss out on loads of stuff because we're waiting for a booming voice from heaven. I have in my lifetime had two moments where I think I've heard something that is close to audible. That's it. The rest of the time, the stuff I hear from God, it just is an inner prompting. And I've learned over the years that that is probably God and not me because I am not that nice all the time. Especially since having children because I am uber tired and so I am the worst version of myself. A tired, ratty, interrupting, bossy woman. (laughs) Who loves that, Stuart Crane? (laughs) So... I would say listen to stories, tell stories, practice stories, attempt things so that you've got stories to tell, ask God for stories. I have over the years said to God, I would love to see angel visitations. I would love to see miracles. I actually, because I would really love to do this, I would love, you know in the Bible some of the stories where people are transported? I sometimes pray and ask God for that. I don't know if it works like that, but I just think that would be the coolest story to tell. That one point I was standing here, and the next point I was transported somewhere else, prayed for someone else, and then came back. I just want stories like that, so I ask God for stories. I haven't had that yet. 
I've had quite a few of the other things I've asked for. I think the kingdom of God is one that if you ask, often you get. So it isn't like with your kids, you're saying, if you ask for that, you're not having it. Learning you're in a shop, you're like, if you ask for any of those, you're not having any of those. Those who ask, don't get. It's not like that in the kingdom. Those who ask, get. Those who attempt, get. Those who run after, grab hold of, get. That's what the kingdom's like. It's so different. So I want to encourage us, get in the story, get used to telling stories, ask God for stories, attempt things with God so that you've got stories to tell. I'm going to officially end the preach there. I'd love it if you kept the recording going, purely because we're not going to put the stories on the web, but a few people like Paul and Catherine, who are setting up at the games, have said, could they have a copy so that they can listen? So we will record the stories, but the stories will not be on the web. If you are listening on the web, you need to come to Real Life Church to hear our stories. Okay, I'd love it if any of you have got stories to tell. We're looking for short ones, so I'm going to do a few stories up the front, and then I'm going to invite you to wander around and tell people a story. So some of you are sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is like my idea of a nightmare. Don't worry, you can sit and someone can come and tell you a story. So I'm not expecting everyone to jump up and go and tell a story, but some of you would feel happier just wandering over to someone and saying, I've got a story I'd love you to hear. Some of you would like to just take a chair next to someone. So if you know you have some stories that you would like to tell, I need short, which I know is rich coming from me because I talk a lot, but I need short because I want to hear lots of them. So I'd maybe like to see six of you up here. That would be the first wave. And you can't be shy today. I don't have time for it. I'm going to Sutton Games at midday. I'm literally going to give you a microphone and I want you to tell a story. The way that we honour stories is just by cheering or clapping or saying bravo. 